going on, everybody? Welcome to the fifth episode of season two of Return to Oswald. I'm Derek, and as always, I'm joined by Brandon and Scar. Um, I just want to say that we started this show primarily because uh, I, I love Oz, and, and knowing that Brandon had never seen it before, I wanted to see what he thought about Oz. But we're in, I realized uh, maybe last episode and definitely this episode that I am in uncharted ground as well. Um, and I, and I wonder why, like, I was like, how the hell did I miss so much of, of this season? Like what exactly happened? And then I remembered this season came out in 1998, which was my freshman year in college and college didn't have HBO and we definitely didn't have the option to watch Oz. So I'm in new ground, just like Brandon's in new ground, but Brandon, how are you doing today, man? He's muted. I know. I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. I was just seeing if y'all were paying attention. (laughs) I am. I am great. Um, I love this episode. I am. uh, I am. I'm pleased with the warden. Uh, He's starting to grow a backbone. It's making me happy to see a black man finally learn some lessons and do better. You know, I always root for the black men. And when the black men are doing bad, I'm going to say they're doing bad, but I'm always rooting for them to do better. And this episode, he grew a backbone. He's starting to starting to realize that he got some power, and I'm happy about that. So it made me feel good. Scar, how are you doing? I, you know what? I almost forgot about this, uh, about it, watching the episode until yesterday. I was like, oh, shit. I totally forgot about that. Um, but I'm, you know what? I... I'm not necessarily in the same boat as you because I started in season two. Um, So like, so all of this stuff that's happening right now is where I started with the show. I went back and found season one um, after flipping through channels and HBO was on and I saw a part of this and was like, Oh, this looks interesting. Um, So the, the thing that I am getting now is like the nuances and everything. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 little pieces that 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 are being dropped that I know are leading to other things that I didn't know of originally and all of the stuff that when I watched this season originally I did not I didn't have season one as a reference point see and for me what's happening is I'm sure that I'm going to stumble upon episodes that I know because I know episodes that happen in the future. I remember when certain people show up and I remember how things transpire with certain people and, 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 and famous people and things of that nature. But I didn't know how it all came together. So now watching it all the way through, I'm getting a chance to see how everything, like you said, came together and how everything worked. Um, and if you had told me in season one that at some point, uh Schillinger who's still trying to appeal his conspiracy to commit murder charge that he literally said to a CO um that he tried to set up with a CO and inside of a prison and and got on tape um if you had told me that he was going to go to Saeed to try and get that charge dropped and had a very very valid reason for doing it like you know what I mean like like I know I know you try to help people and you know a little bit about this but if if you 
if you are seen representing me, that's going to say a lot about my situation. Not, not the fact that they caught me red handed, um, you know, like that part, but like his reasoning, thinking that he might have a way of getting out of this is, is sound from, mm -hmm. from a narcissist. Um, it's, it's very, very sound. I mean, even Saeed couldn't say anything. He was like, you know, I'll, I'll think about it. Like, I will give it. He didn't even hit him with what I say, which is usually I'll give it all the consideration it deserves. So with Saeed, his whole thing now is like he wants to become famous. He, I mean, he wants to he wants to have a platform and prove this point. And nothing better will prove his point than defending an Aryan brotherhood, man. Now, Brandon Carr wouldn't do it, but Saeed should do it. So, yeah, if, if I'm Saeed, if I'm the character of Saeed, I absolutely represent Schillinger because his whole thing now seems to be like trying to get mainstream eyes on eyes and the mm -hmm. whole situation is like this, like I'm going to, I'm going to play within your system now. And the way to play within your system is get the media on my side and get public opinion on my side or whatever, and to change the narrative. And so one, he wrote the first, he wrote the book, which was to tell what happened with his side of the story, what happened in the riot. Then he reached out to his publisher to get, poet out there and then so the thing with poet kind of blew up in the news and then now you know the news like if it was real life you know the news would be like hold on a member of like the muslim community like the the fruit of, not fruit of islam but you know like a, a muslim person is going to represent a member of the Aryan nation and as a lawyer like what like that would get like front page coverage news so like if that's his goal now like he needs to go through with it and I mean, we do have to spend at least a few seconds to applaud both J.K. Simmons and whoever plays Saeed, um, because their interactions are always just hilarious to me. Iman um, Walker? Iman, yeah, him. Um, and like J.K., like he, in order to do this, like he he went in with a plan and his plan was... I got a sound reason for this, but I also need to make sure that I stroke his ego because I know he's all about his ego. And he definitely did that during that scene. Mm -hmm. Like he made sure it was just like, oh, you, but, but you're the man though. And if you're the man and you represent me, that That's makes thing. you more than a man. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> just think of how much more power, like McManus and Glenn will never see it coming. Right. <laughs> that that part that part you knew was like the the crux of his whole argument like let's let's fuck with McManus and the warden <sighs> boy so then after that uh we see Wangler who's in poet cell ripping up his poetry book which is hella fucked up yes um McManus is like yo that's your third strike uh Kenny so we're just gonna put you back in the kitchen. You can go back to mopping the floors and on top of all that. You don't get to go to the graduation. You won't get to walk. You'll get your diploma and everything, but you don't get to walk, which is, you know, he ain't the first nigga I done seen not be able to walk at a graduation. 
Nigga, do you know how many times I've seen people at my graduation, also class of 98, um, you know how many people at my graduation and they told you don't wave to your family, don't do nothing, grab your shit and go. Some people waved and they just waved their ass right on through and mm-hmm. give them a motherfucking thing until after the fact. I've seen that shit happen too. It's like, yeah, you here, you wave to your family, keep on moving, keep it pushing, dog. People who would um do the pranks at my school, they'd be the ones who didn't get to walk. So yeah, the senior Kenny, prank people. Hmm? I was going to say, I didn't even cut you off. So go ahead. Oh, no, no. Just senior prank people. They never got to walk. They they would get, it was like, they'd be like, they can't do nothing to us. We're about to graduate. And they'd be like, well, you can't walk. And they'd be like, please take me back. I ain't got nowhere else to go. My grandma's coming. And that's pretty much what Kenny said to him, too. My mom, my girlfriend, they both coming out. And Kenny was wild, bro, for no reason. Like, for, for I mean, for a reason, but not a real reason. Like, mm-hmm. he was kind of like, j- kind of jealous of poet or whatever. So he was kind of lashing out. And like McManus gave him multiple chances. Mm-hmm. Like, it was not like he's. It's not like the first time he was like, "Fuck you, you can't get this moment." It was like, "No, come on, Kenny, get back together. All right, get it back together." This nigga rolled in poet's room for no reason. Start ripping up his poetry. Like that's some petty shit. But it was, you, all, it was all because you know but, he, uh, that was his way of expressing how he felt. And the part that I hated was like the 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 comments to poet. Like you made it. This dude rolled up in my room, started ripping up shit. All I did was try to stop it, and then you lecturing me like I fucking did something. Well, you got to know in this episode, there's a lot of victim blaming happening. Yes. Like that's not a that's not a, a theme of the episode, but it's happening a lot. Here's a synopsis as far as I can tell. Uh, as graduation approaches, uh, Kenny is upset because he's still under at a BC's thumb. Um, Keller continues to get to wind his way into Beecher's life as tragedy strikes, and uh, O'Reilly is obsessed with Doctor Nathan. So uh, then after um, Kenny gets told he's going back to the kitchen and he won't be able to uh, go to the graduation, Poe gets brought in and gets told that he has to be easy, man, because his parole hearing's coming up. And also he hasn't been going to drug counseling, but because, you know, he's the best kid in the school, uh, McManus is going to let that slide. Um, his parole hearing happens and Poe gets granted parole. Um, and not only that, but he was chosen as class Victorian, which absolutely nobody except for the nigga sitting next to him was happy about. And as soon as they said that, I was like, this nigga gonna die. I thought so too. I, and then like what happened right before he's released, I thought, oh yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna keep his ass. Mm-hmm. So the governor uh, stopped by to tell McManus that they're ending the GED program. Oh, fuck him. Well, yeah, that's a given. Um, The governor stops by to tell McManus that they're in the GED program. Um, They're taking it out of the budget uh, for the next year. And instead, they're going to use that money to hire more COs, Um, which is pretty much McManus was like, well, that's the reason why we have the program. So you don't have to hire as many COs because there's not that many people in jail anymore. And the governor was like, fuck your dreams. (laughs) Uh, the, governor, the governor is the literal devil. Like he, he really is. Like, is. Like, there's, there's no other way to put it. 
It's just the worst. <laughs> so then, um, but here's the thing: I will give Glenn credit here. He doesn't get all the credit, but at least he didn't reprimand McManus this time for talking shit to the governor. He just sat there quietly, like this nigga's full of shit. But I'm not gonna really say nothing right well, now. Well, because the last time McManus got chewed out, it's because McManus had under went went behind the the went behind the uh, warden's back too, didn't he? No, the last time McManus went in there was talking shit to the governor. The Glenn took the governor's side, and then he chewed out. And then McManus, when they both went against him, then he went behind his back to the senator. This time... And that's when he got chewed out. That's when he was like, I'm not going to fucking forget this, that you went behind my back. Yes, because the Glenn was being a bitch. This time, Glenn no, said his wait, mouth shut. wait, no, no. He got mad because McManus went behind his back. Yes and or McManus no? McManus went behind his back because Glenn took the governor's side. That's what I said. Last time, the governor came in there talking bullshit. McManus came in Start talking shit to the governor, and Glenn took the governor's side. And then McManus went behind his back, and Glenn got mad. This time, the governor came in talking bullshit. McManus came in there, told him he was full of shit. And at least Glenn didn't take the governor's side this time. The Glenn sat there with a smirk on his face because he knew what McManus was about to do. Yep. And why mm-hmm. why tell McManus this right before the fucking graduation? <laughs> Don't say nothing to nobody. Like, what did you think he was gonna do? Because he think McManus is Glenn, but Glenn, I don't, Glenn wouldn't have said nothing. But this time, I think Glenn knew what McManus was gonna do. Yeah, absolutely. So what McManus did was he hired a film crew to record the graduation, hoping that it would get on the news. Uh, he also blindsided the governor at the graduation. Um, <laughs> That's so good. And utilize the immortal words of Chuck D by saying, don't believe the hype. Uh, and then he says, and now we have a poem from our valedictorian poet. And I heard this one before. Introduce our class valedictorian, Arnold Poet Jackson. Too many prisons and not enough schools. Too many weapons and not enough tools. Not enough teachers, too many fools. But me, I'm from where fights is born. I'm from where nights is dawned. I'm from the ingredients spit from the sun. I formed an allegiance with the number one, the letter A, the beginning of the day, the way, the wisdom, the wish, the will, the river, the tree, the try, the trek, the rub of the neck, the ball of the foot, the back of the thigh, the glimmer of the eye peered at what it's intrigued by, tried by what it's believed by. I have taken on the likeness of love, the harbor of hate, the hell of here, and the wonder of the whereafter. I've discerned the disaster and drank Don Perignon and Armageddon. I have drank the sacred ambrosia housed in the chalice of the rebellious cherubim, disguised as quarter juices. I have died toothless and been reborn 144,000 times. I've got 144,000 rhymes for every brain cell but I waste away in a cell. Thank you. Eh, what the fuck? 
<laughs> I, I was lost it. in the middle of that one. Right? That heard, was some fake deep in living color type shit. I've totally heard that before. I, I don't know if it was like a depth 4G dram thing or some, something else that I've seen him do, but I totally heard him do that one before. I felt like he was going to end up by saying Chewbacca was a Wookiee. Revolution. Like that, <laughs> that poem was just overreaching. And the thing about Poet that I never really got was the fact that this nigga acts like he can't read, but then he comes out and says cherubim in a poem at the same time that he's missed, he's he's saying Armageddon wrong. Two letters, T-I. We don't talk about that nigga here. I mean, I'm just saying, like, someone who we don't believe is very educated and then use all of these words that probably shouldn't be using. No, but I'm saying, like, okay, I'm sure mums in real life knows these words, but this dude is supposed to be in jail learning how to read. How does he know all these words? Well, he how when he, how after this? They never said he didn't know how to read. No, they never said he didn't know how to read. He just didn't have his GED. Oh. Right, because I, I know that when he was talking to Saeed, he had that big-ass white book, too. Like, that book was bigger than the Bible. So then they uh, have everybody come up and get their diplomas, and they while they're getting the diplomas, they show Kenny mopping off in the uh, mopping in the darkness, and <laughs> that was heartbreaking. Off. Mopping off? If that's what you want to call it, man. But no, I seriously. Mean, that's what was like. He was mopping off. You know, he was mopping in the darkness, and I thought that was like heartbreaking. Yeah, um, I, felt, I felt a little something. And then comes what I think I'm gonna tell y'all right now. the The governor and and uh, McMahon is talking in the bathroom like the governor's a straight up fucking villain, but he is shrewd as a motherfucker. The governor does the basically he does the end of Problem Child in that bathroom and i was just hoping mcmanus had one of those fucking reporters just in a stall somewhere and i was like yo this nigga said <laughs> this shit was excellent nice ceremony huh governor how come you didn't hang around for the cake and coffee oh mcmanus 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 you think you're so goddamn clever Bring me here, embarrass me publicly. That was pretty much the idea, yeah. Oh, you think I'm vulnerable, right? What, with my wife walking out? All the corruption charges, not to mention the drop I took in the polls after sending in a sort team during the riots. Saving your ass in the process, I might add. You figure I can't take any more heat, right? I'm a simple man with a simple plan. Yes, but I'm not. A year ago, my enemies thought by now I'd be impeached because, like you, they underestimate me and the voters. See, the voters and I have a love-hate relationship. They know I'm a bully. They suspect I'm dishonest. They, uh, they even assume I cheated on my wife, but... Crime is down. Taxes are down. Employment, however, is up. Median incomes up, up, up. 
night made it into the playoffs. Even the ballet is thriving. And as for education, we now have the second highest literacy rate in the US of A. So do you seriously think that John and Jane Q public give a shit that some drugged out homeboy is gonna get a diploma? Knowing that their own old darlings are going to Yale? Enjoy that coffee and cake. He ain't wrong, though. <laughs> like, no this ain't a problem child moment, because if he had got that recorded, his constituents would have been like, yeah, you know what, he's right. No, we, th we feel that now, because, because of 45. But like back then, who knows? No, no, no. He didn't say anything like hateful. He didn't say anything racist. What he said was quite simply. Yeah, he did. And he said, who cares if your homeboys gets a college degree when my kid's going to Yale? Yeah, no. That's exactly what the public's going to think in his area. That's what his constituents are literally probably thinking. Like yeah. everything else is going up. Everything he said, jobs are up. Uh, literacy is up. The Knights went to the playoffs. He named all these things. And then he was like, in the midst of all of that, do you think they're going to care that I'm eliminating this GED program? Do you think they're yeah. going to care about these inmates? Be real, y'all. You're missing the point in politics. I'm the not talking po about politics. I'm talking about this script. Yes, I'm talking about in politics. Is it, This is a political line. And especially in 1998, you're missing the big point, which is what's so different about 45. is It's not what the people believe. It's what they publicly or privately believe. See, what's different about what Trump did in this whole Trump movement is that people were coming out saying all the wild shit that used to be the quiet part. It used to be, the, you used to didn't say that shit out loud, but you just went and voted for that shit quietly. And if that shit went out loud, you acted like you were upset. Republicans used to vote for the Voting Rights Act every single time it had to get ratified. Now they don't give a fuck about it. On in public, they don't they vote, they run against it. I'm not voting for that shit. We don't need that shit. Back then, absolutely people would have felt that way. But you don't want to go out in public and be like, look at these people going to Yale, fuck these people trying to get an education. That wouldn't have played well in public, which is why he said it in private. And which is why when the news people were there, he was sitting there with that look on his face looking stupid because he knew how that would play in public, even though in private. They don't give a shit. That's kind of how that works. And once it once it gets out publicly that the governor's behind that shit, then it could be a problem. But McManus fucked up. He never said the governor. This is where I disagree with McManus. He said legislation is going to pass a budget next week that's going to get rid of the GED program. He didn't say our governor wants to cut the GED program. So he fucked up. That's how that works. I just, I really was like, hey, I just thought he was right. I don't know. I, I Maybe I'm stupid. You're not I, stupid. I think, I, think, right. I think he's right based off of what we know now. Um, but like, would, would he have been able to say this in a public space then? I don't think so. But could he say that in a public space right but, now? But what I'm 40, thinking after is- After 45, absolutely. What I'm thinking, but what I'm thinking is in this space, in this, well, not in this space, but in this show, where all the, I mean, I know that we're in a world of COs and, and inmates. None of the COs give a fuck about the inmates. <laughs> and so maybe that's why I'm like, you know what? It sounds like none of them give a fuck. Maybe the people out in the streets do give a fuck about the inmates, but. No, they don't actually give a fuck. They just don't want you to think that they don't give a fuck. Exactly. That's, 
that's how it is. It's like white, like a lot of white people would be racist and have racist thoughts, but they don't want everyone to know that they racist, at least before now. Now it's changed, like like Scar said, but before, like in the 90s, white people were kind of like, yeah, I'll be racist, but like, don't go on TV and call me racist. Like, that'll get me fucking fired. Like, that's fucked up. Now it's like, well, who cares? I just saw, not to get too sidetracked, because I know we try to keep evergreen, but it's kind of relevant. I saw a tweet today of a guy that said, it's a guy running for Congress, and he says, we shouldn't have a $15 an hour minimum wage because when I was a teenager, I worked three jobs. And if they had to pay $15 an hour, I couldn't have worked those three jobs to put food on my table. He says this out loud in, tw- in 2021. Something like that would never be said back then because it sounds ridiculous. But, you know, even if people believe that, you know what I mean? I think it's kind of like what Scar said. Like people, you're right, Rashawn. You're absolutely right. Them people in, I guess it's in what, New Jersey or New York somewhere? Yeah. They don't really say. A lot of them people don't give a shit about the people in prison, especially in 1998. But they don't want to be, make. they don't want to be shamed. <laughs> they don't want to be shamed like they don't feel bad about it. Right. For sure. So next thing that happens is that uh poet is in his room mine is on business and kenny runs up on him and i thought that kenny was about to stab him uh because kenny only has a body kenny kenny's face is always body level yes uh so kenny ran up on poet and poet was like what the fuck do you want man and kenny was like i liked your poem <laughs> and it was like wait what like <laughs> yeah that wasn't what i was expecting <laughs> this was a swerve um and he acknowledged uh, Poet's skills. He was like, I heard it while I was mopping the floor. And I thought he was going to stab him after that, too. Like, I should have been in there. Stab, 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 stab. But no, he was like, I acknowledge your skills. Um, I, 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 and then Poet was like, yeah, man, it was fucked up that uh, you couldn't get, you couldn't walk the graduation. And, and Kenny was like, yeah, um, I told my girl, but I didn't tell my mom. I didn't want to break her heart. Can you send my mom a letter uh, to let her know, you know, what happened. And Poe was like, well, you could write it. And Kenny was like, but you write better than I can write and I'll give you drugs. Yeah, that's what I thought was going to be the part that kept Poet around. I thought like when he was on his way out, they were going to be like, they were going to search him or some shit like that and find the drugs and be like, hold up, dog. Mm-hmm. This nigga got my drugs. Oh, he got drugs. And then he goes back. But I guess because they already did that with Schillinger, kind of. Like, fucking him over. They're not going to fuck over two people. So, uh, uh, Poe's like, yeah, I'll write you a letter for some drugs. And he took the drugs immediately. So, ain't (laughs) really nothing to show. No hesitation. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, he's sitting out in the walkway on the tier whatever high as fuck uh saeed comes up to him and he's like so i i you ain't gonna say bye to nobody you just gonna up and dip and poe was like yeah pretty much (laughs) (laughs) pretty much that was the goal which is exactly how i hope to leave my office when i retire like i don't even want to party i'm just just let me out the door his line of i don't want to take nothing from here with me when i Mm -hmm. leave here and then shit, uh, I felt that shit, dog. The shit that I felt, I actually wrote it down. He said, uh, Saeed said, hope is a walking dream. And uh, Poe was like, who said that? Muhammad? And Saeed said, Aristotle. 
poet said, well, that motherfucker never spent no time in Oz. I don't know why that hit me so hard. It just did. It it, it hit me when I heard it. I was like, damn, that's kind of deep. Right. Like, hope is a walking dream, but every time, or a waking dream, I'm sorry, hope is a waking dream. Damn, I'm reading like Kenny. But the, but the difference, but the difference between poet and what happened before is poet never got his hopes up. Yep. He just kind of went along with whatever was happening and it's just like, okay, if you think this is going to help. He never, he never, he never thought it was going to go as far as it actually did. Also, he didn't murder a cop. True. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that too. I, I still don't, you know. Uh, so, Poet also says thank you to Saeed and McManus both for their help. And they looked at each other, and that's when I was hoping that they'd see that there are two sides of the same coin. Uh, and then Poet leaves, and nobody stabbed him at the gate. So, I lost $15. Um, Shirley is uh, counseled by Father Ray. Uh, and she says she calls her murdering her daughter. She calls it the accident. Yeah, you could tell Father Ray is a virgin. Yeah, because he ain't seen none of the signs. Like, yo, she running game on you, dog. Yes, very much so. Uh, she tries to fuck Father Ray, uh, and he busted too. You could tell he oh uh, in his pants while he was sitting right there. He's like, oh, help me. Help me. Guard, guard. And then she hit him with the fake tears. And he was like, oh, white woman tears. I'm powerless. Plus, I nutted, so I'm tired. And I'm not as that, fast as I should that, be. That actress, whoever her, whatever her name is, um, she always reminds me of Michelle Pfeiffer to me. Really? Like they, look, they look like they're related to me. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know what it is. Like They always look like they're related to me for some reason. Nah, to me, I can see uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, the white woman from Single White Female, but not Michelle Pfeiffer. I can't see her as Catwoman. I just can't. I see it. Sorry. It's okay. You know, everybody sees something differently. Um, so <laughs> the next thing is that McManus uh, talks to Schillinger about Whittlesey killing... Scott Ross is stinking ass. And who, why the fuck does McManus not know that this is what happened? Because he was in the hospital. Well, look who's here. Brings you down to the low rent district. It's just because you're not in M City anymore doesn't mean I don't care what's going on with you. Bull fucking shit. <laughs> McManus, I had to listen to your sanctimonious crap when I lived in M City. But I don't have to now. Bye. All right, I don't care how you're doing. Hey, boys, honesty. <laughs> I want to talk to you about your accusation that Officer Whittlesey shot Scott Ross during the riot. Accusation? I saw Whittlesey kill Ross. He blew that dust in his eye. Well. <laughs> I want you to tell me everything, all the details. Why? You and X just protect each other? Mm-hmm. All you're gonna do is bury the truth. Not this time. So, 
McManus gets the information from Sillinger. And then as he's coming out of his office later on, he goes past Whittlesey, who stops him and says, my daughter Didi's in town. Would you like to go out to dinner with us tonight? And McManus literally looks like he's about to throw up in his mouth. Right. Uh, but he's like, okay. Um, and then he goes and he's in the locker room or in the uh, break room with C.O. Heim, who I guess now he's good friends with and plays poker with. I don't know how that worked out, but okay, you're you're friends with Officer Super Bully, um, and he's dumb enough to tell Heim that he thinks Diane murdered Ross, and that the only word that he has is from Schillinger. Uh, Heim is like, "Why the fuck do you care? Um, fuck these inmates, get money." Yeah, because why do we? Why did we circle back to giving the fuck about Scott Ross again? I just don't understand. I think um, McManus is just one of those people who's just like, you know, yeah, he's fucking know. terrible. He's fucking terrible, but like, we shouldn't be killing the inmates, like that type of thing. And mm-hmm. I think McManus's thing with uh, Willings, what is her name? Willings? Whittlesey. Whittlesey. I think he was just like, I don't want to believe this shit. And I'm like, like I'm going to give her, like, I, I got to I gotta see for myself to see if this is bullshit because I don't want to believe this shit. And then she basically, she basically said, "Yeah, dog, I don't remember this shit, but whatever I did was work. It was for you." And I'm like, "Yo, you trying to put this shit on him?" Yo, I did it. I did it because he was gonna kill you. So you're welcome. Yeah. Which was, which is the truth. He was gonna, he was going to kill. He shot you. He was going to kill you. I put a stop to you dying. But that's not how Schillinger explained what happened, though. Maybe that's what happened. Because the way Schillinger explained what happened is that when they did those flashbacks was that he got shot. She basically got him to safety uh, away from everything. And then she just rolled up on him and he was talking to her like, you know, yo, you know, I, I'm cruel. I'm cool with your husband. And then she just pulled out the shit and shot his ass. That's how that's how they shot in the flashback. It wasn't like he pulled out a gun on McManus and then she pulled out a gun. Boom, I'm going to shoot you and save you. No, it, no, it, 100% it was in retaliation for yeah. him. Yeah, but like, and I don't understand why like the idea that like you killed somebody but you killed somebody who was who tried to kill me doesn't resonate with him. He's so on the he's so on the side of good and like you killed someone and and then like I think the I think the most important part of this is when he said she lied to me. She lied to my face. It's like really nigga like he tried to kill you. I don't know. I just don't I don't feel I, I guess I don't feel the thing that I'm supposed to feel if I'm if I'm McManus, like yo, if somebody shot me, and you somebody know, somebody else like, shot him and, because I, they shot me. I'm like you, my nigga. Exactly, and like at the time, at the time we didn't know he was just shot in the shoulder and he was gonna be all right. Like he had just gotten shot, this fucking tear gas. Like shit's going on. And she walked them dogs and represented Woo. Like nigga, y'all should be getting married right now. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Uh, McManus is basically like, yo, we gotta. It's a, it's a way Justice. that you gotta handle things. Yeah, it's I, a way that you gotta handle. Things. And, and you know, some people believe this. Like, this is not an uncommon thing. Why did the director make Dee Dee look so sad when he said he wasn't going? Um, 
Because <laughs> oh, because she told him so many good things about McManus. Right. That's about to be her new daddy. You ain't none of our daddies. She's about to get a new daddy, and mommy fucked it up. Right? Yeah, she yeah. looks so sad. It's like <laughs> I ain't going she... to dinner now. Fuck! <laughs> Come on, mom. It was buy two get one free. What the fuck am I gonna do now? Take you buy hand. two plates. I mean, she was paying too. Take she was doing all that before she even knew that he he was looking into how Scott Ross died. She just yeah, wanted she wanted her to, her daughter to have a father. But but they but the crazy part about it is your your man's called her after he yes. talked to McManus. He called her and was like, "Yo, you better look out for this. This shit coming." And she was just like, "No, this is why I did this shit." Like she, you, you she looking, didn't even give him a chance. She was ready. <laughs> uh-huh. She I mean I don't I don't understand it. I, I I don't understand McManus in this. I just don't. Yeah, me I either. understand McManus. I, I mean, I can see where he's coming from. I'm just saying, like it's also a power dynamic there. It's just like, you know, yeah, fuck Scott Ross, but like what if it wasn't me? Like sometimes when you're in that position, you gotta take yourself out of the situation. And so you can be like, because you're like, yeah, it's me you tried to kill. So, yeah, I'm okay with it. But it was like, what if it wasn't me and he just shot some random other person and then you just ran up up there and killed him? The action is no different. The person involved is just different. And from his position, he's basically like, you can't act that way. So I get it. But I also see the other side where I don't think McManus is going to do anything with this information. I think he just is going to be like, fuck Willisley. I'm done with you. But I don't think he's going to do anything with this information. Um because he would have done it already in this episode, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just for his personal, like his own, like I his own conscience. It's like I can't fuck with a person that would kill somebody out of retaliation like that. But it was out of retaliation for you, man. You better sit your ass down. Man. I did it for you, brother. Return to Oswald. We'll be back after this brief break. Hey, y'all. This is Derek. We want to thank y'all so, so much for taking time out to listen to this show. What we'd like for you to do right now, wherever you're at, is screenshot your phone, iPad, or whatever you're listening to the show on, and send it to us on Twitter at Return to Oswald. We'll retweet it to everybody and show that you're a part of the family. Also, if you'll be so kind as to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast at and subscribe and follow, we'll greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, and back to the show. And then you find out all of this, and she's going to take you out to dinner? Mm-hmm. Like, at least, I mean? at least go to dinner first. Nigga, exactly. you've been sleeping on the couch and eating cereal. Right. This nigga been eating Captain Crunch out nigga, the box. You, Your you mouth better, raw as fuck, and you like, no, I'm not going. <laughs> you better go to dinner, and here's what you do. Schillinger tells you what happens. You keep that shit to yourself. You go to dinner, and you order the lobster and the steak, nigga, and you eat them while you stare at her over the top of your fork. With prawns, nigga. Order the order with order with prawns on top, nigga. With fucking sauce. You get the Bernay sauce on your fucking steak, my nigga. That's how you do it. <laughs> prawns on skewers, nigga. Like get get it all. You better all. you hey and and you know what? 
you better get the dessert with three forks and then put two forks on a plate next to you and eat that whole fucking thing. Just done on everybody. Nah, nah nigga, you order the fondue for the appetizer. Like, you go all the way in. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get that five tower chocolate cake slice, please? <laughs> I want that chocolate overload. that looks good can i get it with the raspberry sauce i'm allergic to raspberries my fucking point bitch (laughs) only one person would dare get the raspberry lone star I'm sorry, I'm crying tears over here. But it's dead. This nigga had to this go nigga, and fuck this, his meal up. Now he eating at Denny's. This nigga go to this nigga go to the restaurant and order a whole cake, not a slice, a whole fucking cake. And then take another slice to go. No, no, no. Eat eat the whole cake with one fork. No, nigga, no. This is this is '98. They probably went to Marie Callender's. <laughs> so he would have gotten a whole banana cream pie. No, I mean, oh goodness. No, nah, he would. No, nah, he wouldn't have got that. He would have got the coconut because she's allergic to coconut. Didi's allergic to coconut. So, like. <laughs> but now this nigga sitting at home eating a super bird from fucking Denny's and shit. You done ruined it all. Talking about we off again. This nigga, you was you were you declined you declined steak and out here trying to go get a foe for foe. If you don't get the fuck out of here with that foe for fucking foe, oh man, why doesn't he want to eat with us? Because he doesn't want to be your daddy, baby. Um. So then the next thing that happens is um, Augustus is sitting in the laundry room playing solitary, waiting for his clothes to get done. I hope, otherwise, he's just in the laundry room by himself playing solitary, which is weird as fuck. Not but again, was. this is the same nigga who, when um, when Dobson got got beat up and stabbed in the la- in the last season, he was sitting there playing a fucking cello bow on an invisible cello because he's a fucking star fucker. So. It ain't that weird, I guess. This nigga's nigga weird. With I his like eyes, him, though. Nigga with his eyes closed. like <laughs> Weird ass. So he while he's in there playing solitary, the mole and Ribido, uh come in. They're going to do some laundry. Uh, and the mole is transferring some of his clothing from his laundry bag to the washing machine. And a shitload of dirt falls out of the uh, clothing and hits the floor. Rebido tells him, get rid of it. And so the mole starts pushing the dirt underneath the laundry machine, the washing machine with his foot. I'm like, I'm like y'all niggas ain't seen Shawshank. Right? Just walk the yard and just kind of shake it off. But um, Shawshank came out in 94. They like, had nigga. hella fun doing that too. He was having a blast. But um, Augustus sees it. And so Rebido uh, says, can you keep a secret? And Augustus is like, yeah, if you wash my clothes for two and a half weeks. And so... <laughs> oh, they negotiate that. They negotiate that. Yeah, they negotiate it down. But um, to two and a half weeks. Uh, and so Rebido tells Augustus about the escape plan, which I thought, you know, was funny because then Rebido was like, me? would you like to go? It's like, y'all got wheelchair access, nigga? Like, what the, how the fuck am I getting up? <laughs> I can't crawl. <sighs> The next thing that happens is that uh, Peter, Shabetta, and Adebisi are staring rockets at each other. Adebisi is still rocking to the same music. No, the, I think it was the same scene. Oh, maybe that's why he was on the same, same beat. 
Yeah, it was the same scene. But Warden Glenn tells Peter that he can't harm Adebisi. Um, and Peter responds by saying, to, by telling Glenn that he owes him huge. Let's talk about this. I'm, well, the, I'm, first, I'm glad that they finally explained why. But the, the thing that they explained was it, it's not even fucking Glenn's fault. Like, this isn't a, a, a sword. Swing. This is not Democles' sword swinging over Leo's head. This is his fucking brother, Mark, who we don't know jack shit about. Mark murdered somebody so then he could get rent money. And Shabetta knew about it. And he's holding it over Glenn's head. And I would have been like, fuck my brother a long time ago. Like, why are you threatening me about this shit? You better go talk to my brother. Nigga, I ain't do shit. What? Because I'm a, I'm, he's been doing all these favors for not only Peter, but also for his dad because his brother murdered somebody. That's stressful. Glenn grew some, grew a backbone this episode, man. I was so proud of this man. Right? And so, his um, brother shot a dude in cold blood, man. That was execution. Right? And then he's like, "You go, you gonna rap me out? I'm your brother. Fuck yes, <laughs> exactly, nigga. What you murdered? Something? Do you see where I work? Like you've been walking in and out. Every time you walk in and out of here without going into one of those cells, I should be getting in trouble because I know you murdered somebody. And also, nigga, why'd you tell me? But Glenn's like, I'm not putting up with it anymore." You either turn yourself in or you're going to turn yourself in. Either way, you're going to turn yourself in. Mm -hmm. And Mark is like, dude, you're going to do that to me? And Glenn's like, man. Nigga, when you murder somebody, you weren't even like, you weren't even like a kid. You weren't in your 20s. You were literally like 56. You're like, what that got to do with me, bro? I didn't do that shit. He's like, I've been living a lie. Your lie. <laughs> Not even my lie. Your lie. This, this nigga, they, they tried to show his flashback like he did it a long time ago. Nigga, that Kango don't make you look younger. <laughs> you still look like you was like 49 years old talking about I couldn't pay my rent. The nigga, what? You should do the jail thing for a while. Yeah, this thing looked like Cuba Gooden and, and Boys in the Hood. Right. Like, what kind <laughs> also, of flashback? Was- I'm sympathetic to a lot of people who can't pay their rent. Killing a nigga execution style is a little past my level of sympathy for exactly. that. And what I would do, well, honestly, well, remember, well, remember, I, I mean, okay, I'm not just gonna be like, oh, he just killed him execution style. Like he was whooping ass, probably just like you know, protection racket or yeah. like shaking down people. And then the dude hands him the gun and was like, "Do Go it, ahead. do it's, it." And and like maybe he felt like he had to. I mean, I'm not saying that he's. Um, like, I'm naming names. If I'm going to jail now, you know what? I know look, who gave me the gun. If he's that much of a badass. He could have just been robbing folks. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not saying those folks deserve to get robbed. I'm just saying it's not executing somebody. <laughs> because execution style murders are usually how you get the death penalty, which is exactly what he mm-hmm. said. Oh, but get the death penalty, and Glenn is like, eh, not my clowns, not my circus. Mm-mm. So yeah, fuck Glenn's brother. Like yo, Alvarez then wants to talk to Adabisi about the two of them going to business together. Um, he tells him that he tells Adabisi that Shabetta has something on Glenn and that Glenn probably wouldn't mind if Shabetta took a hit. 
Why the fuck does Alvarez know all of this shit? Excellent question. He got Rebido's powers when they sat side by side. I don't I don't fucking know. That should be boggling the fuck out of my mind. Like, how does he know all of this? Like, I get it. Like, you like you may have actually known the person who raped his daughter, and that dude may have said something to you, but how the fuck did you figure this part out? Who is there who was there to tell you this? Is my is my answer, is my question. Shit makes no sense. The rumors get around. Right. And then Adabisi shows Alvarez that he's already poisoning Shabetta's food. Alvarez like, yeah, I'll get in on that. Like, why? Like, last last episode, he was like, I'm not getting involved. Now you're like, yeah, I'll help murder somebody. How the fuck did... Okay, so and how does Shabetta eat that whole fucking candy bar and not notice anything wrong? Just with do it. it. Do him and his father not check their goddamn food? You're in the mob. Well, you fucking mafia member. At least with the father, they said they grinded it up so thin that you wouldn't be able to tell. But rat poisoning, dog? Come on, man. Oh, you can, no, <laughs> white rat poisoning on a chocolate bar. Yeah, rat poisoning. <laughs> yeah, that, like, shit that shit ain't make no sense at all. At all. Like, dude, I'm... First of all, first of all, okay, if I know... A nigga don't like me. You know what I'm not gonna do? Eat his food. I'm not gonna eat, eat his, his food. fucking food, especially when you know that that's the same way my father got killed. The exactly. same motherfucker did this now, shit. Now here's the thing. To be fair, when you're in prison, you don't really have another option to eat. <laughs> nigga, you run the kitchen. He runs the kitchen. Oh yeah, he does run the kitchen. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Him and Chucky run the kitchen. Like what the fuck? Go give me a chocolate bar. Like, why? Why would I ask you to give me shit? Like, no. Oh, you sent Chucky to get everything. And not only that, not only that. Okay, fine. You run the kitchen. You might think you're fucking bulletproof. I don't fucking know. O'Reilly literally told you that Adebisi put the glass in your daddy's food. Exactly. That's what I just said. He, he yeah. knows exactly. That just dawned how, on me like completely that you know everything. You know exactly what happened to your father because it's been told to you. And that's the reason why you want to kill his motherfucker in the first place. And then you let this dude handle your food away from eyes from any of your guys. And then when he's like, honestly, if I tell somebody that I don't like or trust and know that they don't like or trust me because we've been staring at each other at night through fucking pod glass. If I tell him to go get me some food, you know what's going to happen? If I'm going to give it to Chucky. For, if you're gone for more than five seconds, I'm following behind you. Or Chucky, go with him. Or Chucky, mm-hmm. we run the fucking kitchen. You should know where the chocolate bars are. Mm-hmm. Not me. This whole thing was just like, wait, what? That shit is that shit is stupid. I would never let some. I would never let someone that used food to kill my father, give me food. There was a lot of shit that happened in this episode where it was just like that, that, that's, that doesn't match up with the rest of the plot. I've been reading a lot of, uh, I've been reading a book for another show recently. And there's a lot of plot holes that keep popping up. These two things, this and, and, and Kenny out of nowhere, apologizing to poet and being like, can you write my mom a letter? Those two things don't match up with shit that literally happened earlier in the same episode. 
but no, like a chocolate even bar. Though, even though, I like, you know, the, like the passage, you can get a chocolate the bar. Time, the passage of time here is is always been weird because when they first start talking about the graduation, we know that the graduation is days away. And then mm -hmm. like all of a sudden graduation is here. So like there's days in between. So I kind of get it. Like Kenny had a few days to like think of this shit because he probably had a few days of mopping. That, you know what I mean? Like, damn, I fucked this up. You know what I mean? So I'll give it to Kenny. I'll give, I'll definitely give it to Kenny. But an oxidated or an oxidized rather chocolate bar. If it's been there for a while, like I figured chocolate bars in prison, why the fuck would they have chocolate bars in the kitchen? Because the because the Italians get all kinds of shit they're not really supposed to have. That is true. Okay. There ain't no way that I'm eating a chocolate bar that got white shit on it. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's it. Yeah, because they ain't no even look like... way I'm trusting Adabisi to get me anything when not only... Not only do I not like this motherfucker? Not only did this motherfucker kill my daddy by putting some in his food, but I have literally stated even a few minutes before this that Adebisi fucking stinks. I don't want somebody who's nasty and dirty getting my food. That shit fucked with me. I'm sorry. So um, now Shabetta is vomiting and pissing blood. And he's shocked that it happened. <laughs> and he wants uh, Leo to deliver Adebisi to him. Uh, Adebi or Leo refuses and advises Peter that his brother's turning himself in. So now you have no power here. Uh, he then goes into the kitchen and tells the Italians that they no longer run it. And they've been re reassigned to the dress factory, which Chucky didn't like. Chucky tries to talk shit to Adebisi, and Adebisi's response is, go make me a dress, bitch. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's really the only thing you can say, but you know what? I'll take it. I will gladly take it. Go make me a dress, bitch. Um, Mark is in the infirmary to get his broken nose checked up on, and Chris Keller comes in to get his cast taken off, which the same cast that broke Mark's nose. Uh, Keller apologized for breaking Mark's nose and said that fighting him had to look real. Otherwise, Beecher wouldn't have believed that, you know, Beecher would have thought that they were in cahoots, which is another white term. Cahoots. Cahoots. Hey, Brandon, who are you in cahoots with? The most famous cahoots is watching Attitude Era Wrestling when they kept asking if The Undertaker and Kane were in cahoots every single week. <laughs> But also, Vince McMahon was writing the script along with uh, Vince Russo, and I bet you they both voted for Trump. They were in cahoots with him. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, because she because she ran Republican, right? Mm hmm. Wife wife he ran Republican to try to be a senator or some shit, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, she ran against Richard Blumenthal, who got destroyed. Yeah, you know, it was a it was a quick count. That's what she said. She was like, "Yo, you." The ref count, you know what? Fuck it. Um, so Mark tells uh, Keller that after Beecher is dead, he and Keller have a score to settle. I'm shocked that nobody else heard this conversation because they were talking pretty loud. Yeah, they weren't hiding anything. There was no one else around. 
Like it's a prison. It's not like you have very many private areas. But you know, then uh, Dr. Nathan shows up and cuts uh, Keller's cast off. And usually when a cast gets cut off, it's been enough time that your arm is kind of a different size than the arm that wasn't in the cast. And so you got to do muscle exercise and whatnot to get the strength back in that 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 broken limb. But nope. Uh, as soon as he leaves out, he goes to Keller, goes, finds Beecher in the gym and teaches Beecher how to wrestle. Uh, as Schillinger stands off in the darkness and watches these two basically strip down almost to their undies. Yeah, he looks, and Schillinger looks like that dude, uh, that that one uh, extra that showed up in that episode of The Mandalorian where you can see his arm. Um, <laughs> he's just, he just kind of is there. Uh, and like, it's like, okay, so no one is just going to notice that he's just standing there this whole fucking time. Like in the no, darkness, like touch no, his hair. No one else is coming in the gym and be like, hey, Schillinger. <laughs> hey man, you want to play some ball? Can I get the ball? Can I get the ball? <laughs> Anybody? Can I get the ball? Want to play some ball? <sighs> so uh, it seems like Beecher, once they strip all the way down to their draws, and Beecher strips his shirt off, and they're in there, he's in his sweats. It looks like Beecher is about to kiss Keller, but then he doesn't. Uh, later on, they show Beecher playing chess with Keller, and uh, McManus comes in to. They're into their cell, their pod, whatever. And he's like, Beecher, come on, we got to talk. And Keller's like, oh, man, you're in trouble. And, and, and Beecher's like, no, when you're in trouble, they call you up to uh, McManus's office. When he has bad news, he comes to you directly. Which, you know, I didn't notice, but he's absolutely right. And so he was like, McManus, what exactly is the issue? You can tell me I ain't going nowhere. And McManus is like, your wife committed suicide. Nigga, I'm going to tell you the worst part about this. Like, she committed suicide, right? All right, cool. Um, shit happens. I mean, in this in, in their in their situation, that's cool. And then he asked, was there a letter? Don't nobody say nothing. Nigga, she took the time to send him the letter before she committed suicide. She mailed him the fucking suicide note and mm-hmm. said, bitch, this is your fucking fault. My murder is on your hands. My death is on your hands away. Kathy's death is on your hands. So you two for two. <laughs> Nigga. Hold on, but in the storyline, right, didn't they say she was already fucking someone else before he even got locked up? Well, what you call that said the, that, that Rebo told said, him that that he was that she was fucking his his law partner, or that yeah. she was talking to the law partner about getting a divorce. Not that she was fucking somebody else. No. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um. So then, beat or Schillinger is the one who gets to deliver the uh, mail to Beecher from his wife. Uh, he also lasted Beecher's wife's death, and, and he was so happy. He because you know he, they they had to open the mail, so he probably already read this shit. This mm-hmm. nigga was damn near skipping, like mm-hmm. <laughs> he was on some skip to my loot type shit to give him that fucking letter. And then Beecher's grandmother uh, tells him that because Beecher's kids came to visit because there's nobody left, Mc, uh, she, they're living with the grand with the grandmother. Them. Remember, huh? McMahon scheduled that. Yeah, he just had... said, can I see my kids? And he said, yeah, I'll arrange yeah. it. Uh, so while they're there, before he even gets to see them, Beecher's grandmother tells him that the kids are the ones who found their mom. 
and that they haven't seen him in a year and he looks kind of different and yeah. that they're still in shock. So he, she got, doesn't think that they should see him. This nigga got an ace of spades beard. Like, <laughs> the ace of spades! I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, yo, if you feel all this, then why do you even bring them here? Yeah. Why would you? Well, why well, why maybe, do people get so close to maybe, breaking his heart? Maybe she didn't. Maybe she didn't know because maybe she hadn't seen him in a while and she's seen. Nigga, the Ace okay, of so spades. so like so, until she saw the Ace of Spades. That's like. So oh. I'm gonna drive all the way out here with your kids who haven't seen you in a year, and I know that they haven't seen you in a year, and I know that their mother just died, and I probably know that she wrote a note and sent it to you saying that this is your fucking fault. But the thing that's turning me around and making me say that they shouldn't see you, even though I know that they're in shock because they've been standing with me, the thing that's turning me around is your fucking Ace of Spades beard. Yes, because that yeah. makes him look like a crazy person. Yes. It don't look like the beach that he was. You know what? Let me let me go into this bathroom and shave real quick. I will literally do that right now. But what you're not gonna do is tell me I can't see my kids after their mom just died. That's what you're not gonna do, Granny. Well, he agreed. He did. He, he thinks would, he's crazy. <laughs> I would have been like, no, no, no. That's what I would have said. You're not keeping me from seeing my kids today. Sit your old ass down. I'm going to go in here and shave real quick. I can smile and act happy around my kids. They fucking need me. That's what he should have done, but I don't think he's there. He's not. He was in <laughs> shock, too. Uh, so he tell he he agrees with his grandma that that she should just take them back home. So they drove all the way to a jail for a fucking field trip. Um. Keller wakes up that night to the sound of Beecher crying because he's fucked up his life and he's all alone. And that was heartbreaking. Uh, Keller comes up to console him. And while he, while he's consoling him, he tries to touch his dick. And Beecher rebuffs him saying, don't fucking touch me. That's the way Beecher always rebuffs him. Don't fucking touch me. Don't fucking touch me. Don't fucking touch me. Mm -hmm. But Keller keeps trying to touch him. Um, Keller is trying, Keller is trying I mean, he's doing he's doing too much. I know that he's telling Schillinger that his time he's accelerating his timetable. Like, oh, I got this. Yeah. But like, you need to you need to slow this down just a tad. Yeah. He should have just hugged him. Yep. That's From behind, that was fine. That was comfort that that Beecher was looking for. But him trying to touch his dick, like that's that's going from like five to twenty. I don't, why, why the fuck when I'm crying, like if I'm crying and my wife tries to grab my dick, I'm like, are we on the same page here? Well, you know, that's what they do on TV shows. Emotionally, are we on the same page? Like I just said that I feel like I'm all alone and you trying to grab my dick. Like does my pain turn you on? That's what happened in movies all the time. Someone, the, the woman's crying the guy comes over and consoles them, they end up start kissing and they have sex. And we always say that that's fucking problematic too. <laughs> that's what always happens in the movies. Right. So uh, the next thing that happens is that the sister Peter Marie and, and Giles storyline keeps going. Sister Peter Marie has taken all of the words that Giles has said to her repeatedly and she wrote them down on the blackboard to try and figure out there's something deeper in them. Uh, two of the words are amor and sick. Um, and another word is broom. Uh, with the help of Father Ray, she realized that they were actually Sycamore Street and Broom Street. 
and then she realized the sycamore and broom is where her husband was killed. I don't know why it took her that long to get to that point. Really? Because she put a more in between sick and a more. That's that's the explanation. She put that word in between sick and a more, and that's the reason why she couldn't figure it out. I've been staring at this for hours, and you know. This nigga been saying the same words. I mean, given the the Oz timeline, she probably been talking to this motherfucker for a good three, four months now behind the warden's back. Because the warden knows, which is why the warden, the warden don't want her to go around him. I'm just guessing the warden knows all this shit. And then like the idea that the that she is probably going to see him so much. The CEO is just like, you know, I'm not supposed to let you in there. And then, you know, dope old broad is just like, I'll fuck you up if you I'll don't let me. I'll fuck you the fuck up. <laughs> Oh, fuck you. She she literally <laughs> talked to him the way that the dude talked to the guy on the the interlude on the Fuji's the Squore album. Mm-hmm-hmm. You are not alone. I'll fuck you the fuck up. You don't move out my way. <laughs> Have it your way. Um, but then he go. She goes back in there and talks to Giles. And she asked him <laughs> straight up if he killed her husband. And he says no, but he also starts saying aim again, which is I had to call uh, my son into the room, Kenny, my eldest son. I had to call him into the room during this interaction. Uh, and I was like, you know what? The way that he is talking to her right now is literally the way that I talked to you when you were younger and you... um you would, you know, pee on the seat. And I'd be like, aim, 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 aim. Are you saying that I should be doing something? You should aim. That's how he was screaming at her. And so I started laughing because this whole shit between him and her is just like two old people trying to find out some old shit. I'm okay with Rebido and 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 the mole trying to dig their way out of prison because at least that's action. But this is, this has no interest to me whatsoever. And I think it's because we already know what the fuck happened. They literally said when they were saying his thing, you know, uh, Peter Giles uh, convicted on this date. They showed him pushing her husband off a fucking truck. Mm-hmm. So it's like, when will y'all let her catch up to where we are? I don't know. It, their their whole thing just it it doesn't work for me. Um, yeah. But 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 he also he also says he didn't do it, but he saw it. Yeah, he said aim did it over and over again. Yeah. So um, I don't I don't know I don't know the. the uh, so he's like snap, crackle, pop, and all that kind of stuff. And he's she's like, Yes, your his neck was broken and 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 what happened before that? And <laughs> yeah, the snap, crackle, pop shit made me laugh. Okay. And he covers up his head and all that kind of shit. Like aim. What do you mean by aim? aim. What is aim? aim. Tell me. Aim! 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 I mean, this whole thing of him giving out one word clues to her and her building this whole thing up is just, it's, it's, it's drawn out. 
Yes. I think that's my biggest issue with it. It's just drawn out. Uh, so then the next thing that happens is that Alvarez gets a package for O'Reilly, which O'Reilly pays $100 for. And it turns out that it's Dr. Nathan's stethoscope. And O'Reilly is a stalker now. Like, he's straight up obsessed in love. Um, he starts calling uh, Dr. Nathan from the prison phone, asking her to give him a checkup. Like, uh, how the fuck does he know the number? Right? And how does, like, okay, so. Um, Wait, someone please call 911. <laughs> exactly. But, like, don't you gotta, don't you gotta accept calls from the, from the fucking prison? Like, <laughs> you say, he's called me seven times a day. And it's just like, Nigga, yeah. you're getting a collect call from down the hall. <laughs> right. <laughs> like this just could have been an email <laughs> you're getting a collect call from we had a baby it's a boy <laughs> <laughs> oh shit um, so she's like yeah he's calling me like seven times a day and this is happening like I don't know why Dr. Nathan is sitting in doc- or why Peter Maria is sitting in Dr. Nathan's office no, no fucking idea I was like why is she here but she was just in time to hear him call her for the seventh time. And um, she he asked her to give him a checkup, but he doesn't want any other doctor to take care of him other than her. He ends the call by saying, I, I love you. Which Nathan uh, is like, yo, I didn't do shit to, to deserve this. Sister Peter Marie is like, did you, did you lead him on in any way? I know you told me that you liked him too. Yep. That like when you told her about you possibly catching feelings, she told you then if you didn't fucking listen. Mm-hmm. You kissed the nigga and everything. Well, I mean, he could you could say he kissed you, but like you didn't fucking push him away or nothing, poke him in his fucking scar or nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. poke this nigga in the nipples, like, yo, fucking stop that. Like, you know what I mean? Like anything. You enjoyed this shit, and now. You're you're you, you don't fucking enjoy this shit anymore. So th- you should have never been here in the first place. Well, I'm not I'm 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 not gonna place blame on her though. Like even if she did have feelings for him, like because he's roguish or whatever it may be, this nigga got full on straight up single white female up the the the, the, the fan obsessed with her real quick, and so um Sister Pete is like, yo, I'll go talk to him for you. And she meets up with Ryan and tells him that his fear that he had about the cancer has been replaced with another emotion, which at this point can only be replaced by love for Gloria. Um, She tells him that Gloria doesn't feel the same way he does and to stop pushing up on her, basically. And... But, and then he goes, but daddy, I love him. Yeah, he basically, he, <laughs> he says, he said to her, sometimes, sometimes I just want to hear her voice. And, and Pete says, yeah, but she doesn't want to hear yours. He goes full Little Mermaid. Full Little Mermaid. And so he's then sprung. at the, hmm? He's sprung. He's hella sprung. But then she's like, aren't you married? And so he uh, walks out the door and he walks into McManus and he's like, He's yelling at McManus. Like, somebody should see that this is a real problem here. He's like, did you fuck her, McManus? Did you fuck her? <laughs> so McManus comes in. The next thing we see is... Just about white. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> because that's the same thing the McManus would have said. Yes, absolutely. So what? So then the next did you thing fuck you her, see dude? is... Did you fuck her, man? You can tell me, man. Bro code. Speaking tell of bro me, code, uh, Ryan talks to his brother Cyril O'Reilly. And basically what I, what I gleaned from this conversation is that the event that happened next is completely Cyril and Ryan's fault because yes. uh, Dr. Nathan Cyril- gets called into uh, Warden Glenn's office where he's t- where he tells her that her husband's body was found and he was murdered. Cyril straight up says, well, you told me to not do anything bad and now you're telling me to do something bad. I don't understand. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand this. You keep, you're telling me to do something I shouldn't be doing. Like when, when you're, when your brother who has, who has mental issues and we, we found out why later, but, um, when he tells you that, like, you have to realize you are going too far when, when your brother, when your brother, who you know is simple, tells you, yo, this is, this is a little bit too much. So Brandon, any thoughts? Oh, what was your scene of the uh, episode? Um, hmm. Coffee, stop. Um, my scene was probably, I don't know. I kind of just enjoyed most of this episode. Nothing really stood out as like this great, powerful scene. Yeah. I guess. I feel the same. I mean, I I guess when Beecher was sad, but I just felt bad for him. But, you know, it wasn't this super powerful scene like usually. I thought the Riley scene was good acting because he was coming across like a, a, a super sprung obsessive man. Like he he very much looked like that, so um, he won the episode for me. So at least I can answer that. Yeah, I'm I'm going with Frost Nixon. The beginning of the episode, uh, Saeed and Schillinger, like th- those motherfuckers can act. Yeah. Like that that is acting right there. I, I if I have to pick anything, but like like you said, there's nothing that's like super stands out, but like that 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 scene was like. Probably the most memorable scene for me. Said, I read your book. I don't give refunds. I liked it. Really, I did. Shillinger, what do you want? Same as you. I see in here a man who wants to fuck the system, use the law against itself. I do, too. I've been charged with conspiracy to commit murder. Trial's coming up. I fired my horseshit lawyer. I want you to represent me. I'm serious. Think of it. If Kareem Saeed believes I'm innocent, a jury might, too. And if you defend a white man with my kind of beliefs, You'll stun Glenn and McManus. You will rock the outside world. You will be known as a man who truly strives for justice, blind to race, unfettered by prejudice. What do you say?
Saeed didn't even say anything really. That whole scene, it's just like his his reactions is just like really nigga, like for real. Okay, like he came, like you said. I mean, Schillinger is nobody's fool, and he came prepared with the absolute best lines to spit. Like you only get one shot, (laughs) right? (laughs) Bring the book. You so you I mean? liked it? That was, this motherfucker was spitting. Like it was like right before he was outside, he was just kind of swaying back and forth, going, yo, mm-hmm. yo, yo. <laughs> he walked in there spitting. Also, um, yeah, Warden Glenn's brother in that in that scene that shows when he murders somebody, this nigga looked like a bouncer from the Temptations movie. Like he is not young. No, he, now he looks like one of Ransmans from the from the five heartbeats. Yeah. <laughs> like, nigga, they put a, 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 a fedora on you and you look even older. You look like a pastor. <laughs> like, damn. Okay, so who do y'all think got this episode? I think it's Schillinger, honestly. In storyline is Schillinger. Yeah. I I, I... I mean, because everything's coming up aces for this nigga right now. Like he's he's breaking Beecher down, or he's seeing Beecher break down. Uh, Keller is getting in deeper with Beecher, and he's got Schillinger, to, or he's got Saeed to work with him. Come on now, I would have never thought. The only thing that was more far fetched than that in my mind was Schillinger getting a chance to work with Adabisi. So the next episode after this is called uh, Strange Bedfellows. Um, and yeah, should be interesting. Uh, Brandon, any thoughts on what's going to happen in the next episode? Um, I want to see if McManus does anything with that stuff with Willingsley if he tries to bring that shit up to Glenn. I want to see if... Um, I think that shit is done. I hope so. But um, it would make sense if it was done. Um, I want to see if, uh, well, based on that episode title, it looks like Schillinger is going to work with Saeed. Oh, you knew that? He hit him with all the game. Nigga, your book was good. This was, should be interesting. I, I'm excited that nigga, about that. That nigga literally hit Saeed up. The, the only thing I can really compare that to is when somebody walks up, if you want to get in good with somebody at a cookout. Who made that potato salad? Oh, you made that shit? Oh, that was banging. That was real good. Hey, hey, you got that strawberry soda. Where do you get that from? That's the only way I can really compare that. That's the only conversation point. Somebody who didn't like you before is going to love you if you say, oh, you kill with that cooking. That shit right there was fire. They'll do whatever you want for like the next 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Brandon, you made that chicken? Oh, shit. That was fire, son. Whew. I ate like five pieces. Hey, um, can you go murder somebody for me? Yeah, I'm going I'm to tell you all this. This next episode, I'm not looking forward to this. That's good to know. I'm not looking forward to this. I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm not looking forward to this at all. 
Thank y'all to everybody who's been checking out the show. Uh, please leave a review. If the place you leave a review at isn't Apple, please let us know where you left it at so we can look at it. Um, if you can leave a review on Apple, leave a five-star review there. Um, that just opens us up to more viewers and, and, and gets us out to more people. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter at Return to Oswald. Uh, Scar is on Twitter at Scarfinger. Uh, Brandon's on Twitter at that cool blick nerd. That's B L K. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at a litany of different places, uh, but mostly uh, Rashani. Um, and you can email us at return to Oswald at gmail.com. We're here every Tuesday. Uh, and again, we appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, for Scar and Brandon, I'm, I'm Derek. Uh, thank y'all so much. Y'all be good. Peace. Peace out. Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.